Welcome to the 111 Health Podcast, the ultimate holistic wellness and spirituality destination, where the ancient meets the modern, the scientific meets the spiritual, the esoteric meets the worldly, and the conscious meets the commercial. I'm your host, Cassandra, the founder of 111 Health. I'm joined by our co-founder, Dylan, Ayurvedic practitioner and holistic health educator. We've spent the past decade diving deep into all the ways one can access calm and bliss amidst the chaos of our busy and demanding lives. And together, we're here to take you on a transformative journey through unlocking the ancient secrets of those that came before us and had it all figured out. Explore thought-provoking conversations with world-leading experts revolutionizing human consciousness. Discover practical information, tools, and practices that empower you to cultivate lasting well-being in every aspect of your life. Become part of a community committed to embracing holistic health, unlocking your true potential, and experiencing a more vibrant and blissful existence. Today, I chat to Dylan Smith, distinguished Ayurvedic practitioner, holistic health educator, keynote speaker, and co-founder of 111 Health. Dylan is a true visionary in the field of holistic health. With a deep-rooted passion for ancient healing traditions, he's become a prominent advocate for Ayurveda, offering profound insights and practical wisdom through his work as the founder of Vital Veda and, of course, 111 Health alongside yours truly. Dylan's journey into Ayurveda was ignited by a desire to share the transformative potential of this ancient science with the modern world. His expertise spans not only traditional Ayurvedic principles, but also pulse diagnosis, herbal medicine, and personalized well-being protocols. Through his Ayurvedic clinic, apothecary, education platform, and podcast Vital Veda, Dylan continues to empower individuals to restore balance and vitality in their lives, making Ayurveda accessible and relevant in today's fast-paced world. Dylan has been practicing for over a decade and regularly travels to India to continue deepening his knowledge with a family of world-renowned Ayurvedic doctors. In this episode, we chat about the importance of caring for your nervous system, cultivating resilience and adaptability, how 111 Bliss nourishes the mind and the nervous system, the practice of self-abhyanga, which is an Ayurvedic oil massage, aligning with your menstrual cycle for women, and the importance of honoring rest. This episode is for anyone who is seeking greater resilience, adaptability, and energy to meet their life's demands, which is pretty much all of us, and is an absolute must for anyone experiencing stress, burnout, exhaustion, or depletion. The nervous system is foundational to every aspect of health, so if you're going to do anything for your health, this is it. So let's dive in. So what's been coming up a lot recently when we're doing our training for 111, we're training our retailers and we're educating is all about the nervous system, all about stress. So one in three people in the world have multiple, not just one, multiple chronic diseases. And this is what blows my mind. And all these studies have shown that the the jury's out whether it's 80 or 90%, but a very high percentage of that is caused by stress. Absolutely. And just that simple fact alone is insane. And also the fact that 
there are two things that also really are fascinating to me. So the first one is that most of us nod and smile and go, yeah, stress. Stress is a part of our life. And then number two is that a lot of people actually have no idea how stressed they yeah. are. And they're both interlinked. That that That's what I was thinking. What people are now thinking listening is like, yeah, I've heard this. Stress is 90% of the cause. Yes, stress is just in my life. What can I do? But yes, people aren't recognizing how much of an impact it has. Yeah. And it's so almost... Do you think it's so prevalent? And it's become the norm. Yeah, it's the and norm. people, it's become part of life. And people also don't real. Back to the first podcast episode we did is what's trapping, what's stopping people from stepping into health is people aren't realizing their full potential. They don't realize that actually you can overcome this stress and you can have the same demands in life. It doesn't mean you're going to be now stepping down in the amount of hours you work in a week and you're going to be attending less family demands. No, you continue those and you even expand on that. You can work more and have more demands, but you don't feel the stress. It doesn't affect you. You have a better ability to adapt to all the circumstances and demands and metabolize them in a way where it doesn't negate your nervous system and we need to realize that that's possible and that it is definitely worth putting your energy and attention towards and taking the actions to strengthen your nervous system, increase your resilience, increase your adaptation power so that you can continue to enjoy the demands of life and with a greater, a greater sense of bliss, a greater charm, a greater love relationship in everything that you do. And it's, it's very possible in many ways. And we talk a lot about it in this podcast show and we're going to speak about it today. Mm, it's, such a, it's such a big one because even in the spiritual communities, there's so much emphasis on the only thing that's preventing you actually feeling like that in your natural state is all the stress that's in your body. Mm. And that's a fascinating point on its own and just yeah the normalization of stress and how as you said we have such a greater capacity we're not even aware of and i know this because i was someone that was not aware of my own stress i mm. actually it's only until later when you actually change your life that you go how was i running on on that kind mm. of energy i actually realized that before learning to meditate before discovering Ayurveda, I had this low level anxiety. And I'm not mm. saying I don't ever get stressed anymore. That's absolutely not the case. But just as a baseline, mm. um, it's like, do you agree? I mean, have you had the same experience? Or, yeah. yeah, I've even had it recently of yeah. I'm doing something. And I'm usually related with high demands at work. And I, I don't think I'm stressed. But I can see it in my body. I can see yeah. in the weak spot of my body the place where it manifests, which is on my skin. And I can mm. see it. So I'm like, hold up, I need to slow down. And I can see it in the way that, well, you know, who knows who sees it more than me? My wife sees it. So she <laughs> helps no, me I'm with fine. it. I'm <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think if there's 1,001 teachers or resources online which is telling you how to reduce stress and that stress is the cause of most of your disease, which mm. is true. But I think we need to really look into it through the mechanisms of natural law, which mm. are the Vedas, because it really has a profound insight to the nervous system. Like when you look at Ayurveda, which is the, also known as the mother of medicines, the world's most ancient medical science, 
it acknowledged the nervous system as the king of the human physiology. It goes body and then mind and nervous system. So that hierarchy of the mind and nervous system, if we treat that and we attend to that and we balance that, we can liberate various diseases that are rooted in the body, in the physical, things that people wouldn't even think is related to the mind and nervous system. Like you said, one in three people have multiple chronic diseases and over 90 of them are caused by stress. I can't remember what it was, but when you were speaking, it was I think it was yesterday in clinic, I had a patient tell me something, one of her diseases that went away when she went away overseas. I can't remember what the disease was. I, I'm going to see if I come back to it, but I was so surprised. It was such mm-hmm. a disease that you wouldn't associate with going over away, but when she was away, she wasn't she wasn't stressed, she wasn't mm. working, and this this disease went away. So um, it's definitely influential, and that hierarchy of body, mind, and consciousness. So I mentioned body and mind, but even above the mind is the consciousness, which is kind of linked to the mind. Ayurveda has very, very sophisticated and rich understanding of the nervous system. Thousands of years ago, the rishis or the sages had a, had knowledge on it. So. There's a lot of things that can be done, and it's a mm. pretty time-tested source, basically, is what I'm saying. You know, you can go to the, the modern sciences and this breath work and this new supplement and extract, which has been researched to help stress for, you know, a few years, 10 years max. But, you know, when you go to a time-tested thousands thousands of years tradition, which is mastering the nervous system and the central nervous system and the mind and the emotional state, that is something to pay attention to and investigate and implement and experiment with you. Mm, And it's actually more about that strengthening, supporting the nervous system itself, more so than it is actually trying to escape the challenges or stresses in your life because those aren't going to go anywhere. And I think the best advice I ever got was actually from one of my friends, more so to do in a business sense. He's like, look, your challenges are just going to get bigger, okay? So you're just going to get better. Mm. And I liken that to even the Ayurvedic perspective on health. It's not the actual stress, it's the stress reaction. So it's how resilient are we? You know, how um, high functioning is our nervous system and what state is our nervous system and to really metabolize our experiences. So that's been a big, big thing for me because, I mean, it's deeply holistic. But what I've loved through this journey as well and using bliss like you know a few times a day sometimes is it actually it's it's not about trying to avoid right. life but more engaging with it with that resilience yeah and i think we 100 percent. it's about empowering the body to deal with it and i and also it's important to recognize yes we're kind of talking now about the fundamentals of a balanced nervous system and of a stable grounded in tune nervous system where it can adapt and respond but then when it gets more complex when it gets more to certain pathologies different expressions of stress then that is important to go deeper in because i don't want to also dismiss those Mm. people with deeper mental conditions deeper emotional conditions whether it's expressions of anxiety or panic attacks anxiety Mm. attacks intense heart palpitations or it's depression deep dark depression even Mm. suicidal and it's violent anger domestic Mm. violence which all these things of course we have to 
approach that with the relevant yes. ways and whether it's counseling, whether it's group therapy, whatever it is, so many other things, but the foundation of them is the nervous system state. And what we're going to, what we talk about and, and the, the standard things might not cure at all. So I want to make that very clear. Yes. Like what we talk about is meditation, nervous system herbs, living in tune with nature, certain nervous system oil massage, all those type of things are certainly important and they work really on the foundation. But when it is serious, we need to seek medical advice and counseling advice and the appropriate professional advice. Yes, 100%. And there's so much to it and it's so holistic and it's not one size fits all. And definitely. Um, In terms of every day, taking a really preventative approach, say that we're you know, feeling okay, but we could be always doing more because let's face it, we do live in a pretty stressful society. We have um, screens, we have notifications, we have this fast-paced go, go, go lifestyle. It's kind of like we come out of the womb and whoop-de-doo, here we're in stress. So what are the things we can really do? What can one do the most important things to strengthen our nervous system? Okay, number one, meditate every day, twice a day. Find a technique that resonates with you, particularly a technique that will make you transcend, which means go beyond that everyday relative awareness of phones, of communicating, of sensory perception. So a technique where you go beyond all that and you experience nothingness. So you transcend the relative world and you experience nothingness. It's very easy to do. Cassie, we both practice Vedic meditation. That's one very effective and easy technique. So do that every day. Twice a day is really important. Once a day is just maintaining the stress of that day, kind of just maintaining, holding on, kind of not accumulating too much. But when you start doing twice a day, you start reversing the biological stresses which have accumulated in your mental and emotional and physical state. So, and it's just about 20 minutes twice a day is, is about enough. So number one, meditate. Number two, I'll, I'll say with the screens because you brought that up, I think that's a really important thing to have the discipline and the techniques to not have your screen all the time and not being on your phone. I really recommend, the big one is the morning. Like mm. If you can not look at your phone until you've finished your morning routine, whatever that is, whether it's only meditation, whether it's meditation and exercise and then showering and whatever you do, whatever your yoga, whatever your morning routine is, give some time because also the modern science talks about when you, the first thing you look at is going to set your dopamine for that whole day. So if you look at social media first thing, your brain is going to want that social media throughout the day for that quick hit of dopamine. Mm. But if you meditated first thing, then your attraction for the rest of the day is to that calm, restful, peaceful state. If your first thing of the day is coffee, like some people drink coffee straight away, like almost they wake up, maybe do a wee and then have a coffee. <laughs> like that body, that first dopamine hit of caffeine, which goes quickly up, they're going to keep wanting that for the whole day. And they might not have it in coffee. They might have six coffees a day, but they might get it in chocolate and a cigarette. So really uh, the screen one's a huge one. And after sunset, you know, I would say depending on your level of addiction to screens, um, start with no screens uh, after 9 p.m., but really mo- mo- move down to 8.30. And even if you can get to like around sunset, that, that would be amazing. So screens is a big one. And also 
um, definitely herbs, mm-hmm. nervous system balancing herbs like bliss mm-hmm. uh, is a formula of, in Ayurveda we call it medya rasayanas, which means the the spreaders, what spreads the essence of health in the body, particularly to the medya, to the intellect, to the intellect and the intelligence. So it's the herbs that spread the essence of health within the mind. And when we're having that health reminders, this is what the herbs do. They're like little reminders to the body. They're not hmm. putting GABA in the system. They're not putting a neurotransmitter and they're not giving serotonin or blocking dopamine. It's, it's not really interfering with the system. It's just a whole herb. It's like a precious food because it's a plant, a whole plant. It's not an extract of a plant. It's a whole plant with a, with a variety of herbs formulated into a little reminder it's like a little intelligence these I herbs are like and it's just <laughs> reminding the glands okay you know you don't need that dopamine from the coffee and the chocolate and the sugar like you can have it yourself and you can have happiness other ways rather than a short-term <laughs> thing so that's also a very effective way and especially those who are into good diet because diet is also very important for mental and nervous system health mm-hmm. again particularly around mainly whole foods having whole foods and avoiding the packaged things because those packaged foods give those dopamine hits, the chocolates, the sweets, and similarly take it a step beyond food and go to herbs and increase that kind of precious concentrate micronutrition into the diet. And the other thing, of course, is uh, self-massage. So giving yourself a massage with oil because in Ayurvedic medicine, part of the daily routine is oil massage every day. It's called self-abhyanga. And it's a procedure of before you bathe every day and before you have your shower not only do you wash your skin with water but before that you put oil on your skin and you give yourself a massage head to toe however long it takes if you want to do it quickly you don't have time to do it for a minute or two if you want to sit down on a towel do it for 10 to 15 minutes give yourself a massage it completely calms and pacifies the nervous system because oil is the factor which counterbalances dryness and dryness in the nervous system gives that instability, that ungroundedness. So when you when you put oil on the skin, which are the sites of trillions of nerve receptors, there's no better way to access the nervous system than the skin. And the nervous system, which is agitated, ungrounded, unstable, it needs oil to ground and stabilize and calm. And you 100% will feel a difference in the nervous system. You'll feel more grounded. Anxiety will be less, sleep will be better, without a doubt. So self-abhyanga, we've got on 111 resources, more information yes. on that and t- teaching you how to do that. And it's a wonderful practice. It's a beautiful self-care practice, self-ritual, that really, if you're bathing every day, you should be putting oil on every day. Mm, that's such a good one too. And I've noticed a difference since I just non-negotiable, I just do that every morning as long as I have the oil in my house and I haven't run out I do it every morning and I really notice how it feels like you're walking around with a shield Mm. the rest of the day I notice it myself so I used to think I remember thinking this is funny when I first read about self-abhyanga and Deepak Chopra's perfect health Mm -hmm. and I remember reading it and he says yeah you know you cover your body in oil gets quite messy and I just remember thinking how on earth am I going to do that Mm. and but then then it's actually quite easy. I think a lot of people don't know. You just get yeah. the oil, cover your body, do this series of strokes, which become very easy. You memorize them. 
and you said leave it on for just a minimum of eight minutes is enough and then you just rinse it off and your skin feels so soft like Mm. I get kind of you know I've noticed my skin is actually really soft Mm. it's more supple everything feels good and just that touch to your body Mm. and I felt a lot more connected to myself a lot more grounded Mm. and I kind of, on the days where, say, I'd run out of oil or miss it or whatever, I actually really feel mm. the difference. And it's yeah. funny to say that. It's kind of become like how meditation, I felt such a difference. Mm. And actually, yeah. everything you spoke about, actually, bliss, yeah. meditation, or even for me, I think the meditation, the bliss, and self-abhyanga, doing those three things, yeah. 100%. huge difference. For me, it's, it's yeah, meditation and abhyanga, those two Yes. Absolute essentials. And I really appreciate what you said about feeling that it's an effort to do Mm. oil. Like, I'm going to get oil everywhere. Like, what's going to... Like, is it messy? Some people think that and and it's really easy and come on, it's not hard. You just get a towel and do it. And and I use hotel slippers after to walk around the house, even Mm. if it's just walking to the bathroom so I don't get oil on the floor so much. But other than that, it's simple. Yeah. And I think... When you first read about, I've met some people too that do Abhyanga and then they think you have to leave the oil on. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, no, you rinse it off. Yeah, good point. So yeah. after you should, as you said, minimum eight minutes, um, up to 45, even one hour is good. But you do have to rinse it off because oil is lipophilic. It pulls the toxins out and from the skin and from the lymph and you need to wash that off. And by the way, beyond nervous, nervous system is the most tangible profound effect that you feel from abhyanga but abhyanga is good for circulating the lymphatic drainage which is responsible for your immune system and your detox pathways it enhances blood circulation it is a massive tool for prevention for preventing dryness of the brain like neurodegeneration dryness of the skin the gut aging enhances youthfulness the list goes on enhancing the health of joints and bones vitamin d absorption capacity it has so many benefits. It's, it is a real prevention tool. That is why the whole dinacharya, the whole daily routine in Ayurveda is all about prevention. It's like, this is what you do daily, and that's going to prevent things. And that's the absolute priority we want to prevent. Yeah. And so those are some really powerful techniques everyone can do every day. Um, and in terms of, say, say a client comes up to you and they have as you said pretty severe anxiety or their stress Mm. has got to a level where it's very hard to manage Mm. what is it that you recommend they do typically definitely abhyanga is a key thing some people are like that and they maybe are even meditating a lot of the time Mm. even they're still meditating Mm -hmm. so meditating isn't essential but they'll really need a a, a teacher of meditation that's going to be there for them more and and help them through it because the meditation will be great, but it may be a lot very thought-filled. But meditation and Selvamyanga makes a huge difference. Like that can profoundly calm them. And then definitely some more complex herbs. Bliss Original is always there in the prescription and they can drink that as much as they can, as much as they need, especially when they're feeling stress. And there's some more complex herbs. There's specific herbs for during a panic attack. If it comes up, you take the herb during the panic attack. Um, there's herbs to enhance sleep, which is really important to get sleep proper. Mm. And, and a nighttime routine, like a mini massage before sleep on the head and the feet to enhance the sleep. Certain oil in the navel, in the belly button can also help with those. 
So that's, yeah, for that heightened anxiety, that hyper-stimulated nervous system and high stress. And, you know, whether they need counseling or or some time off and just to rest and and if they can and if they can't, we need to really sit down and work out how can we outsource the demands that you have. Maybe you have three children in a full-time job or three businesses. So what can we do to give you some time to rest? And if you don't have the time, how can we make the time that you rest very restful? And yes. that's like, okay, you're going to meditate. Like yesterday I saw a, a Muslim patient and only rest she had was five. She prays five times a day. Other than that, she has three kids, many businesses, and she's all over the place. So I said, and, and I said, how are you praying? She goes, I can't, I can't stop thinking. I just think through my prayers. I can't even pray. I'm just having thoughts. I said, okay, we need to really optimize those prayers. We need to make them as restful and regenerative as possible. So I said, take bliss before every prayer mm. and take some deep breaths before your prayer. Then start praying. So take the bliss, then deep breaths, then pray. And then you'll be able to get in that zone. You'll be able to regenerate. And then the sleeping was the other thing for her. She was not sleeping at the proper times. So we need to see the person by person, but really getting those fundamentals and speaking with a practitioner. Mm. No, that's really, I love that story about how can we optimize our rest? And rest mm. is often something so overlooked. Yeah. You know, rest enough. Um, you know, this is a really interesting thing as well. And I love that concept of our levels of adaptation energy versus our demands mm. and how can we increase our adaptation energy, our resources, strengthen our nervous system, but also how can we reduce our demands? Because it, it's both, isn't yeah. it? You know, especially in the beginning, you need to reduce the demands to gain mm. the adaptation energy. Mm. For that woman, like, yes, she needs to sleep and, and get more restful praying, but she needs to like stop. You know what she would do during her period, her menstrual period, that was the time when she's not allowed to pray. So she would schedule a lot during her period because she goes, I don't have to pray five times a day. I'm just <laughs> going to get all my business. She'd schedule meetings and she'd do, do, do. I said, no, that's actually for a woman who's menstruating. That's like your monthly rest. Mm. So we need to definitely on less. And that's a time to, because your period is regular, schedule no meetings at definitely day one no meetings and first three days either no meetings or less meetings and really take that monthly rest because that's going to give you energy for the whole year so that's sorry for the whole month mm. so really looking at rest in a different way and honoring it and not thinking that it's less a lower capability thing it's very important and that's hard for Pitta people. people. You yeah. know, I'm one of them, you know me, where yeah. it was a learning curve. And I learned this from you, actually. I have always felt, you know, I've always been interested in health and things like that, but I'd never really aligned with my cycle. I'd never been attuned to it. I didn't honor the rest during my cycle. And that was really something starting to show. So you're actually the person who properly educated me on that and why we need to detail i know you're very much an advocate for that mm. and also educating the men in our lives about how yeah, to support 100%. that and i have noticed a difference so actually my last cycle which you'd be happy to know i didn't normally i'd actually need pain relief pain, didn't need pain relief good. last cycle Very it was good. great i've been honoring the rest so mm. everybody knows first day of my cycle it's rest mm. it's nothing it's no meetings i even try and do mm. the milk rice when i can mm. 
And I completely underestimated that. Mm. I mean, rest for mm. me is hard. I, I am active. Yeah. I'm busy schedule. I love mm. work. Mm. I will forget, you know, I think sometimes you can be saying so driven, so passionate. I, I could be in a room working and I don't even know what time it is. I could be in there for like 10 mm. hours mm. straight. But then with resting, it's a discipline to rest. Mm. And when you do, you're just like, yeah. thank God. Yeah, and that menstrual cycle is another way to get rest so and to deal with hyperstimulated nervous yeah. system or stress. And it's, it's imagine, it's like pulling back the bow. Every month a menstruating woman gets a chance or a menstruating person gets a chance to pull back the bow mm. during those three days or five days or seven days mm. and then fire into action. You know, really pull back once a month. Because if you just go, 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 and you don't stop, you won't pull back, you're not going to hit your target. And when's the time to hit the target? During ovulation. That's the time to create, to birth your ideas. Not only, not only to birth children during ovulation, or to, to, to conceive, but it's to create and connect and hit targets. So if you want to hit those targets, pull back. If you're not pulling back, your efficiency and your target accuracy is going to be poor. So you know, pull back. <laughs> okay. And for, for those that don't have a menstrual cycle, then that twice a day meditation and regular, whatever it is for, I say for a menstruating woman, it's like your monthly retreat. So if you're not menstruating, then having some type of retreat, Ayurveda very clearly talks about it when the seasons change is one time to really pull back, which is about three times a year when the seasons are transitioning, the external environment is shifting and the elements in the atmosphere are shifting, thus the elements in our human body are shifting, thus it's a more vulnerable time for our physiology, seasonal change because of disease in Ayurveda, because of disease in the West, how many people get hay fever, flus, like that. So honoring the seasonal change and then even getting more into the more sophisticated rhythms of nature like the solstices and the equinoxes are really profound times which Ayurveda specifically said it's a time to rest and restore. So certain practices, certain fastings, changing the diet, shifting patterns in order to restore the body. So shifting mm. patterns, changing the norm for about nine days in the changes of the equinox, for example, is going to really allow you to move into that next phase of spring or like that and in terms of so I, I think often there's a myth right when it comes to meditation that as soon as you learn to meditate oh you're not going to get stressed anymore you're going to be blissful 100% of the time um, which yeah isn't the case you're still going to get very intense emotions if if anything I feel that I'm so much more connected to myself that when I do feel emotions, it's it's very intense and it passes a lot more quickly though. I don't hang on to it. And overall, I feel very balanced. Um, you know, what kind of advice would you give there? You know, there are a lot of meditators out there that, you know, if they are feeling stressed, what are some other ways that we can kind of look at this? How can we support ourselves? Yeah, I think it is a common thing around meditators because they're all perhaps only focusing and attending to the consciousness and the mind mm. and not the body. So they don't have that groundedness in the body. So looking at, for example, self-abhyanga is really key, self-oil massage, and the food and the diet and the regularity in life. That's a big thing for stress and instability and ungroundedness. 
particularly that more hyper-stimulated, anxious type, which aren't able to ground and they're doing a million things at once and eating at irregular times and skipping meals. Everything is irregular. Their moods, their eating patterns, their bowel motions, their emotions, the way that they relate with family. So we need to put regularity in their life. So that means regularly waking up at a certain time, regularly eating lunch, regular meal times is a huge one because especially the lunchtime is such a fundamental centerpiece of our day and all our hormonal system and all our biological mechanisms are very much governed by the midday meal just like the sun in the middle of the solar system governs all the planets similarly the the middle of the day in the middle of the body which is the stomach the digestive fire is that governor so when we can Honor that with regularity and honor an afternoon meditation with regularity and regularly go to bed at the right time and have some routine in the morning, whether it's meditate and do this walk, not just scattering, okay, today I'm going to meditate at 7 a.m. and then tomorrow I'm just going to not meditate only till 10 o'clock because I need to do some stuff. Like Having some regularity is really important and also regularity around uh, diet principles and so not only the times of eating, but having some balanced diet is also important to attend to the body. So all the things we speak about, sleeping properly is a massive one also. Yeah, when you're speaking, I'm actually thinking of my dog. She's mm. the one that taught me. Yeah. Right, with dogs, you you know, they're expecting certain things each day at yeah. the same time, and that's what keeps them very calm. Yeah. So my dog has a very calm disposition. Mm. She knows when she's going to get fed. She knows exactly what's happening. Mm. So it's kind of similar for us. And I noticed that too. I remember when I was traveling constantly yeah. for work, so much Vata. And the thing that, um, what got me so interested in health, it kept me grounded was that very consistent daily routine. And I felt like mm -hmm. if you can have that one thing, then no matter kind of what is going on in your life, you have a bit more, you mm -hmm. feel a bit more grounded and balanced for sure. Great. Um, and, you know, just to finish up with this podcast, is there anything that people are unwittingly doing which is contributing to their stress that they may not be aware of? There's a lot. The main things I can think of are dietary flaws. So people who are thinking drinking too much water is good, like I should be drinking two or three liters a day. That's actually going to put stress on the kidneys, which is the reserves of our energy. Um eating a lot throughout the day. Some people think that I should be eating six meals a day or five meals a day, little, little throughout the day. That's another thing which puts stress on their body. And that's putting stress on the body, which is putting stress on the mind and the nervous system. I mean, there's so many things. You can just look at all the health blunders like drinking cold water, drinking cold drinks, drinking cold coconut water, eating organic chocolate in the evening, eating the heaviest meal at dinner. I mean, these are all topics which we could do podcast episodes on each one. Mm. But um, I think, yeah, I think another one is perhaps, I would say one which people maybe don't consider enough is not being grounded, literally. So mm. not some people, depending on the city you live or where you live, they don't touch the earth. For example, mm. New York City, places in India, Mumbai, they will go day without or more without even touching the earth. It's mm. only concrete and shoes. Mm. So make the effort to put your bare feet on the ground. Ideally, if you can, it, it would be amazing to go in the sand or the ocean, even just feet, because that gives the, the body negative ions. Those mm. negative ions is what counterbalances the positive ions. And the positive ions is the stress 
literally the stress iron. So if you're up in a high-rise building, if you're on a phone with non-native electromagnetic fields, if you're next to a computer, if you're undergoing stress, you're getting positive ions. And look, a lot of those are inevitable. We're inevitably got Wi-Fi all around us. We're inevitably stressed. So you need to neutralize them with negative ions. So in your lunch break, go down from your high-rise building and sit your bum on the grass and eat lunch outside, away from your office. After work, just take your shoes off. Instead of walking on the footpath, walk on the grass, bare mm-hmm. feet. So I think those things are, are huge on which can make a big difference. Always feels so good, right? I just don't. Well, I know you do it. We see mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yeah, I forget to do it, so it's yeah. a good reminder. Amazing. Thanks, Dylan. It's always just so good to have these reminders. And for everyone listening to this, there are so many simple ways we can start to do this. But we're going to do a whole lot more podcast episodes and all sorts of stuff where we can dive deep into these topics. Great. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the 111 Health Podcast. If you loved today's episode as much as we did, feel free to share the love by subscribing and sharing it with anyone you think would benefit from listening. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok where we announce the release of each new episode. Have a blissful day and see you next time.